Hello and welcome back to the Tune Lighting Podcast, the podcast where we are seeing if we can write and record a musical album from scratch in just one year. I'm Rob Ragglesworth and joined as always by co-host and bandmate Jack Edwards. Hello. Hello. <laughs> hello, hello, hello. So I think, I guess this episode comes out of discussions that we're having recently. And if you listen to the last episode, you may have heard me mentioned that I was feeling a bit like I was in the pit of despair on the project. I brought out this concept of the Dunning-Kruger effect. So I had a the initial excitement of the first, because we're three months in now, three months into our 365-day project uh, timeline. And I was saying how I was feeling, I'd, I'd reached that peak of early excitement and I was, I'd gone over that and I was now down in this kind of pit of despair <laughs> very overdramatic but uh a feeling wh- where do i go now and, and having days where not not getting very much done and it, it get feeling a little bit lost uh, and i took a step back and i think i've dis- i've figured out why that is jack i've figured i figured out the reason for this and that's why i wanted to do this this episode um and it's i've just not set myself enough limits is what I've decided and it's ironic because we've talked about this many times on the podcast already and even at the start when we did the equipment episode we laughed and joked about all these albums that have been made with no equipment and I even gave myself a little telling off for buying a guitar. And what what have you done since? And what have I done since? Well I've not only bought a new guitar (laughs) but I've also bought a um new microphone which i'm speaking into right now uh i bought a new bass guitar five string bass you know four strings wasn't enough maybe i'll need a fifth string so i bought a five string bass on top of that several plugins that i've downloaded uh that you know i just saw and this is probably a a wider problem that i've got (laughs) but um I'm, i'm thinking that it all started from when i bought the guitar because I've been trapped by the Google algorithm. Uh, now I'm just bombarded with adverts of uh, <laughs> various things that uh, led me directly to, to getting the base. But yeah, it's... The advertising um, works is what I'm getting from this. It, it does. That's the key. The key message of this job. is that advertising does does work because I, you know, I like musical equipment and stuff. I, mean, I write a blog about musical equipment so that's another thing you know i have spent a lot of time reviewing and uh looking at new equipment and stuff for the blog as well so i'm always thinking oh that sounds good that sounds exciting so yeah it's uh it's got to the point where i'm just buying stuff with no real purpose to it and that's why i've decided that i'm going to use this episode to put an end to that and uh have a bit of a, a sort of set some limits and a bit of a spring clean of, uh, <laughs> even though it's July, uh, to to make sure that this this stops now. Um, so yeah, I mean, it, it's a weird thing, and it's something that well, obviously we have discussed it, but um, that you think that endless choice and freedom is what will make you more creative, I guess. Um, 
that's what always leads me to downloading something. I'll, I'll see a video on YouTube or I think that looks really cool. Um, I'll, I'll buy that or I'll, I'll download that with no real purpose. Of, but just thinking that if I have access to all these different things, then that will allow me to be more creative. But actually, it turns out that um, setting limits and not having infinite free freedom and access to lots of things does actually make you more uh, creative, uh, apparently. So, yeah, I mean, do, do you... Do you, do you find that? Have you have you found that yet, Jack? So far, have you found that um, that you know you you're, you work better when you when you set limits? Have you tried setting limits with with any things so far? I think there's some similarities and some differences. Um, I think I'm probably a little bit more stingy than you, which <laughs> is my kind of immunity against uh, buying more stuff. I bought my synth um, just before we started this project, and it's it's quite versatile. So I can get, you know, if I play around with it enough, I can get a lot of sounds out of that. It'll do the job. Uh, I have an electric guitar in my room, which I can plug in, and in Ableton, I can get a decent amount of um, guitar sounds and effects from. Uh, so. That kind of that kind of does me really. Um, I'm happy enough for now making all kinds of songs out of that. Uh, so equipment-wise, I feel fairly content with what I've got. And although you know, I wouldn't say no if someone was to give me a shiny new, shiny new toy, musical toy. Um, I've not been feeling the need to go out and buy more stuff, which is good. Uh, I guess the next step is how you use the equipment you've got and the kinds of songs you're writing. And maybe I'm just getting to a stage now where I do need to put a few more limits on the kinds of songs I'm writing, um, kind of sounds that are going in those songs, um, potential lyrical content of those songs it's something we've mentioned on the pod plenty of times but we've i think we're just starting to up the ante in terms of right we're three months in we need to start shaping this album a bit more narrowing down what it is we want the album to sound like and that is going to involve imposing some limits on ourselves. yeah we're we're exiting what we've termed or what i've coined the uh experimental phase time to start setting some limits yeah because it's not just limits in terms of equipment but it's uh yeah it's limits in terms of uh ideas and, and what the album's going to sound like so having decided that we are going to ease into phase two of the process we still need to decide what our limits are what are, what our structure's going to be uh and that's the hard part i think that's one of the reasons i've been a bit resistant to this thus far the nature of commitment once you've once you've chosen it then uh, that's it for the rest rest of the nine months we've got left that's going to be the album obviously you know we can reserve the right to change our mind at some point but the, the whole point of of committing to something is that ideally you don't do that and then you can write around um write around a theme from that point forward uh so you want it to be good basically obviously you want the album to be good anyway but you don't want to get six months further down the line and realise actually 
this is a bit enough what we agreed and uh, and be stuck with it. Yeah, I think that's that's something that I have always struggled with just in life in general. I think is that always wondering would if I if I'd have made a decision slightly differently would would things have been better? Would things have turned out differently? Or, or, I think that's, that's always going to be um, something you'll never know. You'll never know what would happen. I think when, you, when you're embarking on a project like this, it is similar. You kind of, rather than settling on a synth sound, for say, for example, uh, you know, I, I'll hear a synth and I, oh, that sounds good. But I'll go, but I best look cycle through the other 100 presets just in case. I just can't leave that stone unturned. So, And that's something I've got a bit better at. And this is something I very much believe there's no right way, no perfect way for a song to sound. Um, and there's a million different melodies you can put over a chord progression. Uh, there's millions of different effects you can put on that guitar sounds. Um, and all of them might sound good. Doesn't mean there's going to be a best one or an ideal one uh, so I've gotten gotten a bit better at if I find, stumble upon a sound early on that sounds good to me even if it's you know quite lo-fi or if it's an accident or yeah it's usually not, an accident not, from my case it's, it's often yeah. an accident <laughs> or if it's uh, the first thing I came to doesn't mean it's not going to be the best thing or one of the best things or at least good enough for a song Uh so I'm starting, like I say, I'm starting to get better at accepting that. If something sounds good, don't question it. Go with it. Uh, don't change it unless the song evolves in such a way that it doesn't sound good anymore. So the next step, I guess, is taking that um, attitude into the whole album process. And once I get, or once we decide upon a theme or some kind of limits that we think are good. Okay, there may be many other themes that are also good, but if we think one one of them is good enough, then we should go for it and not need you know, not feel the need to try out all the other possibilities. I mean, I don't have a very creative you know, job in my day-to-day -day job, but Jack's job does actually involve being fairly creative in terms of... Uh, yeah, you get to write music at work, don't you? So, yeah, is there anything you can take from that? Because this is what I've heard from a lot of people. I actually heard the um, on the music production uh, podcast, um, which is a very good podcast. If you have time to uh, listen to another podcast, then uh, by all means, check it out. I'll leave a, a link in the in the description. The host on that, Brian Funk, I believe his name is. Um, great, great name yeah. for a music podcast host. It, it, it is, yeah. Um, I don't know if that's nominative determinism or whether it's a new name. I don't know. Brian, let us know. Um, but he uh, he was saying that he has worked on a, a few projects where he has been asked to do a certain thing, and he said he worked on he had to do a, an album of children's songs. I think it was for autistic children um, to help them learn about like social situations, about what's right, what to do in certain social situations. So very specific, very niche yeah. album. <laughs> yeah. This is so, but he said that was the most creative he'd felt in a long time and he, and it got it done so quickly because he'd had those limitations forced upon him in a way in terms of this is the project. So yeah, Jack, uh, is this something that you found in, in your 
work environment you know you i guess you get given a, a specific task like you know, create a certain piece of music for for this particular thing rather than just create music that we're, we're doing for our album so yeah is that something you can take into the album process and is it something you thought about yeah it's not something i'd really thought about but it's a very good point because my job is in video basically but occasionally once a while once every few months it tends to be really but um i'll be asked to compose some music for a video that we're making and this has been uh it's usually stuff that i wouldn't usually write i've been asked to uh do music for a video game um for basically compose a musical was one i did recently a christmas song and the deadlines at work are usually pretty tight anyway so I don't waste time second guessing myself. I'll kind of get things done quite quickly. Um, and I, I'm absolutely fine with that. I think it, it just focuses the mind. Um, it usually results in some pretty good stuff. And having another really specific challenge is having visuals to work to. So you're not only trying to match the mood of what's on screen uh, with the music, but you've also got timings, so you've got to try and make the song work in a you know a, a time signature, uh, a tempo that actually matches up to what's going on on screen, which is quite a specific challenge, and but also quite a lot of fun and quite rewarding if you if you manage to nail it. Um, but yeah, good, good point, good example of just setting yourself limits or more accurately having limits imposed upon you by other people and accepting them, running with it and uh, getting stuff, decent stuff done quickly. Um, and I'm, I guess the main thing is I'm not too precious about it um, for the reasons mentioned and also because it's, it's, this will sound quite selfish, but it's other people's stuff. And I find, although you That's want it to true. be good, you yeah. want you you feel like you're not expressing a part of yourself. You're not representing yourself in the music, which can uh, can be something that you agonise over. Mm. You're doing it for someone else. You don't feel therefore that it has to be the very best thing you're ever going to write. I've been quite good in my in other aspects of my life um, recently over the last few years in terms of being a bit more minimalist, I guess, in the way that I approach things. It was kind of a conscious decision to be like, do I need to keep buying more things or having new th- more things? Or is that actually is that actually helping or is that actually a hindrance? So that's the thing about minimalism is it's not, um, some people think it's about living in, well, this is what I thought when I first started exploring the, the idea of it and the concept of it is I had this image of someone sat in a white room uh, with just like straight jacket on yeah straight jacket on <laughs> yeah that's what minimalists look like. <laughs> but uh, yeah just like no furniture like sat on a cushion or something with uh, with just like an iPad maybe like one book and that's about it really <laughs> the bible <laughs> but then I read a bit more into it and it turns out that that's not really what it's about it's more about just making sure that everything you do or you, you own brings value to you. There's hundreds of books on this very topic yeah. and various systems. Which, which means it must be a thing. It must <laughs> be a thing. Um, pay attention to What's her name? Is it Marie Kondo? Is that her name? She's got... Um, oh, I have heard about her. The, the cleaning 
person. Yeah, she, she she got on she got onto TV. Um, yeah, uh, doing this sort of thing. Basically, she's got a system for, I believe, the uh, criteria for checking stuff out is whether the item brings joy or not, sparks joy in some way. So if you've got something that doesn't do that, um, so long pants. <laughs> well, it, it could come to that. I mean, I'm I'm not going to get into the details here, mainly because I don't know them. But um, that's kind of one system. Other systems are like if you've got stuff that you haven't used in a year, uh, then chuck it. The principles are the same with cleaning out your house and making music. I guess with some overlap. So, like with the bass, I'm I'm giving myself a bit more um, forgiveness for the bass because. I bought it thinking I'm writing bass lines on my guitar or I'm using my synth, uh, but I really just want, I'm trying to recreate the sound of an electric bass. And so therefore I should buy an electric bass. So it had a reason and it is bringing me joy. So that's good. Tick that yeah, box. I think that's, that's what, um, what you were saying about minimalism, the kind of misconceptions. It doesn't mean you should never buy something new um, or that adding something isn't going to add value in some way. Um, it's just identifying the right things to buy and not not adding things for the sake of it. Yeah. Whereas meanwhile, the other day, I downloaded a reverb plugin that someone I saw someone on YouTube using and I was like, well, that's how they were like, I always use this reverb plugin. I downloaded it, but I didn't have any at that time. I didn't have any particular track that I thought, oh, this really neat. This could really do with like a nice roomy reverb or like, you know, so I, maybe I will use it, but the reality, the more likely thing is that it will just sit there in a folder and never get used. Or worse, I'll feel like I have to use it because I bought it. So, right, July is going to be the month where I set some limits. Definitely from this point onwards, I'm not going to buy any more instruments. I'm not going to download any more plugins unless, a little caveat, I, ha- I I have to write to Jack a letter. <laughs> oh, this is good. <laughs> explaining exactly why I need said plugin and what the reason for it is. And Jack must sign. I'm, t- I'm telling you. I must rubber stamp. I'm going to get a, a rubber stamp <laughs> saying approved or declined. Yeah, yeah, like a, like going for a bank loan or something like that. Uh, Jack is going to either approve or decline my request for some for a plugin. Uh, because yeah, that is the only way. I'm just you know, I'm like uh, I, without these limits in place, I'm just an absolute liability, and uh, yeah, that's what I need. So are you okay with that, Jack? You uh, you okay with buying I'm an approved, okay with that. disapproved stamp, or you maybe you already own them? I don't know. <laughs> I, I don't own them, but I own a pen <laughs> of which I can write the words approved, and disapproved, and put Excellent. a little border around them. And I'm hoping that you know the physical process of writing a letter and having to physically post it to you is uh, is probably going to be enough resistance. It's just not worth it. (laughs) And I'm more than happy to reciprocate the the pledge not to buy any more equipment uh, without without permission. Um, I wonder if we want to go further than that. Oh, Um, I haven't decided on anything right now that I can pledge on the podcast but hopefully let's say use July by the end of July so that gives you know a fair few weeks to try and sort out some real hard limits for the album 
Um, so I pledge that by the end of July, I will have come up with some real, real limits, be it in kind of sounds, soundscapes created or themes explored, all that malarkey. Um, Sonic will thematic help. limitations. Yeah. Indeed, that will help shape our, our writing and producing uh, for nice. the rest of like the process. Okay, so you've and I think I think it needs it needs yeah <laughs> can't go back on it now. <laughs> I think it needs a bit of dedicated time as well. I think I've kind of been hoping it would just come to me while I'm writing, and I guess it can if you write something really good. Then you may decide right that's good enough that I can write ten more songs like this, and that'll yeah. be the album. But maybe it actually needs some some real thinking time, which is something I need to need to get better at, but I pledge to do so. Yep, I like it. So end of the month, we're going to pose us on ourselves the some limitations around the, yeah, the actual, what the album will actually sound and, uh, and look like. So yeah, exciting. So that's it for another week of the Tune Lighting Podcast. Thanks again for tuning in. If, you, if this was your first week listening, then do listen back to the other episodes. There's some uh, hopefully interesting and insightful stuff in there. You know, the idea of this podcast series is that Anyone will be able to kind of follow it along if they want to tune light themselves, if they want to try and write an album in a year. So hopefully it will provide some lessons and some insights for you to to help you out. Um, if you've got any ideas for future episodes or things you'd like us to cover on future episodes, then please do let us know. Um, but yeah, until then, if you could just like and subscribe to the podcast and uh, spread the word, uh, give us a rating if you get a chance uh, on iTunes and that would be great. And uh, And we're now on social media on Twitter, Instagram and Facebook too if you want to follow along for even more content on there.